believe that there was a lot I had to fight against to come out of the restriction or the expectation about around being a woman and still fight against from what I was modeled, right? Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey there, Product Boss. Okay, so do you feel the shift? We're heading into fourth quarter which we all know is the busiest quarter, especially for product bosses. So when you're wearing all the hats in your business, you have to figure out how to blend opportunity with overwhelm. So let HubSpot's sales hub take over all that work, get it off your plate so you can close the year with a bang. So listen, you can organize your schedules, goals, to-dos, and save those precious Q4 moments for doing what you love, right? spending time with your family, shopping, or how about selling your products? So HubSpot Sales Hub not only unifies your data and tools, but it also helps you grow your revenue faster and get a deeper look at your customer insights. Plus, it includes AI forecasting. So say goodbye to hoping and hello to crushing those goals and deals. Ready to wear all the hats and still make the best and most of Q4? With Sales Hub, it's your chance to shine and see your sales soar. All right. With Sales Hub, closing deals is no big deal. Try it for yourself at HubSpot.com slash sales. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. It's me, Jacqueline Snyder, your host for today. And I wanted to dive into something that's been pretty close to my heart lately. I've had a lot of time this summer to reflect to reflect on who I wanted to be when I was growing up and also to reflect on who I've become and then also to think, who do I want to be in the future? And a lot of this comes from doing my own self-work, being around other women and entrepreneurs that are just performing at levels that you know, we never saw historically, right? They're business owners and they have really big dreams to make huge impact in this world as entrepreneurs and to make a lot of money as entrepreneurs and to employ people as the boss of their business, right? And so, you know, I took I took a moment recently, I was in Portugal and I was attending a mastermind that I'm a part of and we were there and I was sitting on a catamaran in the water with a group of women that were crushing it, right? They were making, they're making, they have seven figure and eight figure businesses. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, who am I right now? Like, who am I right now on this boat, looking at Lisbon, Portugal, drinking cocktails and chatting about life and love and business and experience. And I was like, who, who am I? And who do I even share this with, this feeling of abundance and gratefulness and also this feeling of, holy moly, 
is this where I made it? Right? Was this what the little girl that dreamt of being financially independent, um, never having to rely on somebody for money so that I could always make the right choices for me, that I could always have the opportunities I wanted, and also the little girl who was creative, right? I sold lip gloss made out of Vaseline and face paint when I was in fifth grade to my friends. I used to, when I was in like late high school, early college, I was making jewelry, you know, going um, and buying. At that point, it was like shell necklaces (laughs) were in. So shells and um, big hefty stones, like a big turquoise carved out rose or something like that. And I was making necklaces and I was trying to sell those. And, you know, then I went to fashion school and I was like, I'm going to be a fashion designer and this is what I'm going to do. Maybe one day I'll have my own line. And then, you know, before I was 30, I had my own line. I had my own collection. I had my own accessories business and I created a, a dress line. And then, you know, and then I could have never imagined the product boss right? Like I could have never imagined this global community that we've created and that we're serving and that other little girls around the world had dreams and that now I'm helping them, right? Through education and through support and community and all the things, right? So I was just sitting there and I was like, what has actually happened here? And I sat for a moment, I put my hand on my chest and I took a deep breath and I was just grateful. And then I started thinking about the ideas of, and feeling, you know, I was, I was surrounded by women and, and a couple of people were saying, you know, like some people think I'm just too much, right? Some not, I wasn't saying this. Some people in my group with me were like, some people say I'm too much. Or there was some people from, you know, really small towns in the States and they they do feel like they're too much where they are because there's a certain like cultural, local stigma as well as, you know, women in general, what we're surrounded by and what we're told and what the media shows us and what when we watch um, TV and movies and all the things like what we see versus what we want for ourselves. So today I really kind of wanted to unpack this, right? And what I want to unpack is owning your desire and owning your identity, right? And I think I'm pretty fortunate. Mm, I'll share my story in a sec. I feel like I'm pretty fortunate where I am and in my family, but I'll share with you some of like the obstacles that I came up against too, right? So here's where we are. This is where we are. And what I really want to talk about is not being embarrassed for what you want and also not being embarrassed for who you are. So we're going to kind of jump into this topic. I think it's really important, especially for women in business. Now, we know a lot of people listen to us, so hopefully that this resonates with you in in some way. So let's kind of go back, (laughs) back in time, right? Because what we're all dealing with is a cultural stigma. Now, again, I know that this is a global community that that my listeners, right? And so each of you are going to probably have a cultural stigma where you are. Now, I can only speak to what I know, and and I'll do that, but I want you to think about this as well for where you are. So what we do know is 
for centuries since really this the the story of Adam and Eve truthfully Eve did the thing that was wrong, right? Because women for a long time have been boxed into like roles and expectations. I know, and then this kind of goes into my story, is the family I grew up in, the expectations, the rules, the boxes were that women were the homemakers, right? Women had a place and that place was in the home. Now, my mom, who is a mother of five five kids, she wanted to be a homemaker. She That's what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a mother. That's what she wanted. She didn't want to have to work. She didn't want to work. But what was interesting is her story, and I'm going to have her on the podcast um, probably the next few months if I can get her on <laughs> to share her story. But my mom was artistic. She was creative. She was crafty. She can come up with something in her head and actually three-dimensionally create it. And as I grew up, that's what she did. She, you know, she took back in the 80s, like she would do puff paint on shirts or make a sweatshirt with an, and sew on a skirt and make it a sweatshirt dress. I mean, if you were in the 80s, you know what I'm talking about. She just could make everything. And she's even created her own product business at a point. And we're going to share that story in the future with you. So she was artistic. And then when she was going to college in London, which girls got out of school pretty early there, um, she her parents did give her the choice. Do you want to be a secretary like my grandma was? And this is England. Or would you like to try art school? And my mom felt the pressure of where she came from that even though her parents gave her the choice, she went to be a secretary. Oh, she, she hated it. She hated it. She hated it. She, she had to learn shorthand typing. If you ever want to have see my mom go off, she's pretty usually like level. That is what you'll have her go off about. And so she chose that, but then very quickly she got married and the goal to getting married was to stay at home and be a homemaker. And that's what she wanted. But if we think about when we were growing up and I know, again, we've got like, um, all ages across the board here. So I want you to think back to women that were older than you as you were growing up, that were showing you examples of what women could be. There were the, there was a time when women could be secretaries, right? That was their job. There was a time, I feel like when I was growing up, so in the 80s and 90s, from what I saw for women, were that they were... Um, I think a lot of times there were occupational restrictions, right? So <clears throat> there were the acceptable professions for women. And so that would have been nursing, not the doctor, but nursing, being teachers, clerical roles, right? This is what I saw. It's different now. I think more women are going into medical school now than men. So that's incredible, right? But that's sort of what we saw. And then also the flip side to that is that men's roles, things that were were perceived as powerful or like lucrative or in, you know, that power part, those were reserved for men. So when we saw that, and I feel like we still fight against this now, I'll tell you, I do. If anyone else has cried about feeling like they're a bad mom, <laughs> am I too ambitious? Am I too focused on work? What about my kids? How do I be a hundred percent mom and a hundred percent ambitious? And then a hundred percent a wife right? And friend 
and take care of myself, right? There's been this feeling of this feeling pulled. And I think there's a part there that we still don't know. We still don't walk. I've told a couple um, of our students this. I was like, our kids moving forward, they will have seen a totally different world than we did. They will have seen a world that a lot of people I see are sharing like the home, the home role, right? My husband does the laundry. My husband picks up the kids from school and makes their lunches. This is what my husband does. My husband tends to be more of the person in charge of the the home role. And I tend to be a little bit more in the business role because he's an actor and he works when he works. And when he does, we have to split it more. And then when he doesn't, that's his role and he loves it. He's happy to be home. Now I know some of us have totally different roles at home, but I'm just going to say that my kids are going to have grown up seeing that when I grew up, (laughs) I saw none of that. So one of my stories is that when I was, and I had a father who was Middle Eastern and is, is Middle Eastern, not was, and very much so that the women's role was in the home. And so I got, I got straight A's. I was like top of my class. I did all these things, but the times that I would get the most praise was when I was, I remember one day I was cooking an omelet (laughs) in the kitchen as a teenager. And he walked in and he was like, I am so proud of you. And all I could be like, is this is what you're proud of to make eggs? You're proud of me for eggs. Do you know all the other things that I have done? Right. And this is obviously historical, you know, childhood stuff, but that was something I grew up with. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I'll say that he's, he would be proud of me now, but I believe that there was a lot I had to fight against to come out of the restriction or the expectation about around being a woman and still fight against from what I was modeled, right? So when we're thinking about this journey and we're thinking about owning who we want to be and who we are, I want you to reflect a little bit on the cultural stigma that we've seen and that maybe was modeled for us or was expected in our family, like where where we came from. Hey, Product Boss. I'm just going to interrupt this show really quickly because it's podcast recommendation time. This month, I am all about inclusion and marketing podcasts. Now, this is hosted by the incredible Sonia Thompson and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On her inclusion and marketing podcast, Sonia does an amazing job of diving into important topics like belonging, customer experience, and diversity. She also will give you practical tips and advice on how you can authentically practice inclusive marketing within your own business. Now, one of my favorite most recent episodes includes Sonia and three other inclusive marketers who dive into recent big brand marketing campaigns, such as the AI generation of Barbie from around the world and the Barbieheimer controversy, right? Where they share their reactions and discuss their perspectives on these campaigns and the importance of incorporating inclusivity and culture intelligence into marketing. This episode was so insightful and had so many amazing takeaways to consider as a business owner, especially when it comes to authentically portraying inclusivity when marketing your brand and products to your customers. Listen to inclusion and marketing wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the show.
Hey, hey, product boss. Okay, it's your product biz coach here, Jacqueline, and I have a treat for you. So the other day we got a message on Instagram from our friend Lolly. Now she's a product boss and she was on the hunt for an easy to use inventory management software to keep track of her raw goods and what she had ready to sell. And guess what? We had an answer for her. Not only did we have a fantastic inventory management software to refer her to, but we also had a whole treasure chest of 308 other business tools and resources to make her product-based business easier to manage and, and more efficient to grow. And we have it for you as well. Now picture this packaging and printing supplies, affiliate management, website and email software, legal resources, video and photo tools. Oh my, you name it. We've got it. And here's the cherry on top. It is totally free, right? It's not gonna cost you a single penny. That's right, because you can get your hands on the Product Boss's Ultimate Resource Guide absolutely free. We are on a mission to change small businesses' lives and, and their ability to grow around the world. And whatever we can do to help you do that, we are here for it. And so we're hoping that this resource guide is one step closer to reaching your dreams. So all you need to do is slide into our DMs on Instagram with the word guide and just send us that message and we will send you a link to download it right away. Or you can head straight to theproductboss.com slash resource guide. Easy peasy. Oh, and did I mention you can also DM us guide on Instagram and voila, we'll shoot you that link right away. So my friend, don't wait another second. You can get your hands on the ultimate resource guide for product bosses right now. Now let's jump back into the show. And then I think there's this other realm, right? Of when, when we get stuck with this topic, right? About women in business is also the pressure of the entrepreneurial world. So we're all creating a new set of molds, right? We're all, we're all creating something new. If you think about Oprah and the rise of Oprah, I mean, Oprah chose to be single. I mean, not chose to be. I don't actually know if her story the best, but Oprah had never been married with kids. Let's just put it like that, right? She was ambitious and pursuing something she really wanted, and she broke barriers and did amazing things. I mean, she modeled for women. She modeled for black women and historically marginalized people. She modeled that she could create an empire from, you know, going off of just being a, um, a talk show host to then, you know, truly an empire. And she was one of the few that was modeling that for us in the entrepreneurial world, at least from when I was growing up. But I think a lot of times, like, and still we feel this way is kind of need to be aggressive, but not too aggressive. You need to be feminine, but not too feminine, right? You need to be, um, you need to really want to work, but don't work too much. <laughs> so it's this really kind of hard place that we all, we all play in and we also hold ourselves up against. So I think the hardest part was that individuals, like especially within the, well, let's say in the business world, if you work for some somebody else, there's a mold that we felt that we had to fit into. The cool thing is that we're entrepreneurs. So the cool thing is that we don't have a mold we need to fit into. When you own your own business as an entrepreneur, you get to kind of pick what you want to do, which is so cool. But sometimes I think 
that we then as entrepreneurs and going back to this, the societal norms, we also feel like we are going back to that too much, right? I'm an entrepreneur, but I can't be too much of an entrepreneur, especially when I'm around my friends or my family or the people in my town. Like what they don't, they don't, they may not even understand where I'm coming from, you know? And I think that that is something, there's this like pressure that keeps us feeling small. You know, I think like Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, she talks about her early days of business and she felt the need to present herself and her product in a way that would be taken seriously by male buyers and investors right so she had to she had to come off in a certain way she was young and she needed to dress in a certain way and be very specific and she needed to navigate those assumptions based on like how old she was that she was a woman and she was coming out with a product very specifically for women and the domain of what she was going into were there were male investors male competitors um and so there's this mold she felt like she had to fit into so what was cool watching her journey and her growth is that she eventually learned how to embrace her perspective, right, as a woman and how she was able to leverage that, like that was her strength. And obviously, I mean, not obviously, but we do know her story now. She was the youngest self-made female billionaire selling products, <laughs> right? And so there is that pressure and there is that that want and need to fit in. But at some point, if you're able to let that go, imagine, right? Imagine someone who cut the legs off of hosiery and turned it into a billion dollar business. I'm going to say billion. It's probably billions. So what happens when we decide to flip the script, right? What happens when we decide that authenticity isn't a buzzword and being audacious is not a bad word. What happens when I say audacious with like the audacious dreams that we might have? What happens when we kind of flip the script or we stop giving context to these words to mean more than what they are? So one it's going to make you feel more authentic, right? It's also, once you step into who you are, it's going to be amazing for you to see that you all of a sudden become a magnet that pulls into you what you've always wanted, right? Once you become authentically you and you step in and you're not embarrassed to say, this is what I want. This is who I am right? This is what I want. And this is who I am. You have no idea how much that is going to deeply resonate with people. It is going to be a magnet. It's going to draw in customers. It's going to draw in opportunities. You're going to feel better, right? And, and your story can and will resonate with people because your story will be relatable. Your journey will be inspiring the same way that when we look for stories of women in business and the things that they do, and we've had some incredible business owners that have sold their companies for a billion dollars, like Jamie Kern Lima of It Cosmetics, like Susie Weiss Fishman of OPI, right? We've had women that were just like you and me 
that at the beginning of their journey or somewhere in the middle of their journey, they were women with a dream, but with a desire to build something and make something big. And they were, I mean, maybe they were embarrassed. Maybe they felt like they didn't fit in. You know, Susie had children as she was growing a billion dollar empire. And so she needed to get help to help people. And she missed some games and she missed some performances, but she was there for things that mattered or she was there as much as she could be. And she still is for her kids. So, but she chose the version that she wanted and it's incredible what she's built. So, and it's inspiring because these stories inspire me. These stories inspire me for impact and for blend and for being authentically who I want to be and for not being sad or ashamed for the things. When I say sad, I mean, not sad. I would say more ashamed. The feeling might lead to like sadness or whatever, but ashamed for what I want. Because what I also believe is each and every one of you listening, we can all have our own big dream. And our own big dream might have a dollar sign in front of it. It might be time. It might be, well, I really feel like it's time and and financial freedom or or money and time. Because with money, you get to make choices that you want to make. You could stop working for other people. You can um, have more time with the people you love. uh, Or no, no, no. Go back to money. (laughs) Money. You don't have to work for someone. You can afford things that are going to keep you feeling safe. Um, You can afford more than things that are going to keep you feeling safe. You can employ people. You can take care of people that you love. You can donate. You can do all these things. Time, which is a thing that we cannot get more of, can be afforded a lot of times when you make money because you can start to buy back your time, right? Because now you could pay someone to do your laundry. You could get a chef. I know this sounds bonkers. I know people with chefs and they're just entrepreneurs. They're not Oprah. They're entrepreneurs with chefs because they don't have time to prepare food, but that is a choice. They want to buy back their time cooking and that's something they want to do. You can buy back your spouse's time. I know women that have brought their husbands home. I mean, Mina did this. She, her husband, went from being a full-time retail pharmacist to now being a full-time product boss. So you can buy back your time. You can afford time. You can retire early. There's so many things you can do with time. And that's when you kind of start to let go of the other stuff. So let's just go over some simple strategies and tools on like how to overcome, right? How to not be embarrassed for what we want. And who we are deep down. So one, I think this conversation that we're having today is somewhat of that like self-awareness. Where are you feeling like you're keeping yourself small or that you're selling yourself short? Where are you feeling that you don't get to embody who you are or who you are becoming or who you want to be? And just have an awareness around that. There's not much to do with that yet. Just have an awareness. Then I think the next part of this, and I'm going to start this for you, is a simple affirmation or a way to talk to yourself, right? We're so good at, we say the meanest things to ourselves, the meanest things we would never say to anybody else in the world, but we would say it to ourselves. So why don't you talk to yourself like you would try and talk to your best friend? 
or your sister, right? An encouraging person to yourself versus someone who is not very nice to yourself, right? You want to uplift yourself and don't put yourself down. If anything, you could just tell the little girl who you were, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you for getting to where you are today, right? And it doesn't matter whether you've hit your goals or not yet. If you just tell her that you're proud of her and then from there, that I think will bring up a little bit of gratitude and a little bit more awareness and thinking about your journey of the little girl's dreams to who you are today, wherever you're standing in this world, at whatever age that you are, that you've done it, that you've made it this far. And in the future, you will look back at who you are today and the age that you are today, and you'll say, I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of you that you kept going. I'm proud of you that you decided that you weren't going to be embarrassed for who you wanted to be, that you were going to you have one life to live. Let's do this thing, right? And you're going to look back and be like, I'm proud of you on that day, the day that you chose to do something differently or start talking kinder to yourself or to truly start to say, I believe in myself and what can I be in this world? And then a couple other things that I think are like really important. And this has been something that's been across my journey, which is why I was in Portugal for a mastermind. I go, we have these in-person events that we go to, and this is why I've created masterminds for all of you, our students and, um, and our community is two things. One, it's mentorship. So when you have a mentor, a teacher, a role model, and especially as women, if we have other women modeling this for us, right, we can learn from them. We could say, hey, huh, that's what she does. I didn't know that you could hire people to do your laundry until I had my mentor. My original mentor was Natalie Ekdahl. And She's like, why Why are you doing your laundry? Well, because I'm supposed to do my laundry. Why? And I was like, well, she's like, you have to work. <laughs> she's like, you are more valuable in your job working for your family than having to sit around and every 45 minutes you hear the buzzer and you take the wet clothes and you put them in the dryer and then you have to fold them all. She's like, you are more valuable. And I know this is so silly, but it was like one of the first points that I was like, oh, you can outsource that. And originally I outsourced it to a fluff and fold in New York. And then in New Jersey, people could pick it up at your door and take it. And I know it costs more money. And I had to tell my husband, because he was he was working as well, our time is more valuable than this right now. So that was something in our family that we decided to do. But my mentor, I know it sounds silly, but one of the things that I learned from her was that. The other thing I learned from her was that, you know, Raise your prices. You're charging too low. You're undervaluing your time. You're undervaluing you. So when you find a mentor, someone that is authentic for you and someone that you are magnetized to, right, then I do think that's really important for you because it is that same idea of what we're talking about here is like not being embarrassed for what you want and who you are because someone else is encouraging you, supporting you. And showing you that it's possible. And then the second part to this, and again, why I love a mastermind, but also for, for finding this, is finding community. You want to find community with people that are like-minded, that um, 
will empower you versus disempower you, that will see your big dreams and applaud you along the way versus trying to make you smaller and put you in a box of the box that they believe exists but is not your belief, right? So when you can find a community that applauds you when you make a lot of money or you make your first sale, right? Or you hire your first employee or you fire your first employee because that's hard, but you have a community that's like, we're really proud of you. We're really proud of you. And you have a big dream. Let's go, girl. Let's do it. Let's do it together, right? That is so, so important. So I think that this is just, it's a journey. We're all on a journey. And as I'm telling, speaking this and saying, having this entire episode with you, I do have fears and self-doubt, right? I do forget to celebrate the wins sometimes, but I'm aware at least and moving towards it and moving towards not being embarrassed and not putting myself in a box and fighting against what was probably a cultural expectation of me when I was younger to who I am today. So here are some little things you can do. You can always journal. I write it down in notes on my phone. Writing is this very special way of like not only thinking, but writing gets stuff out of you that like sets it more in stone. So I want you to dream. I want you to continue to dream big. But I also want you to dream without barriers. Okay. So if you get some time today, if you could pull out a journal or a piece of paper and write down your dreams without barriers, without societal expectations, without hearing a voice of somebody, you all have a somebody in your head (laughs) that's saying, no, it's not possible. You can't do that. And that came from someone else, right? So I want you to dream without barriers and write it down. And then also when you write this down in a little bit of a journal entry, I want you to challenge every doubt that you're having. Why not you? Why not that dream? So if something comes up and you're journaling and you're dreaming and it's like, I want to sell my ceramic vases globally. I want to be in over a thousand retail shops and I want to have a $5 million business. I'm just going to say it. Okay. Then, and you're like, and then all of a sudden you're like, who do you think you are? No way. You could never make all of that. You don't know how to run a business of that size. Um, like retailers aren't going to want you what you have. You're not a good salesperson, whatever these doubts are and these things that come up for you, then counter that, write it down, challenge that doubt. Why not you? Why couldn't you learn how to sell better or hire someone to sell for you? Why couldn't you learn how to be a business owner and a boss and hire people to do certain things for you, like produce for over a thousand stores, earn $5 million in your business? Why not you? Right? We don't know when we're starting where we're going to be, but if you can dream it, and then you challenge it. Why not? Why not? Get curious. What could happen? Right? If you turned into a $500,000 business and not a $5 million business, I'm for sure you were probably very happy about that. Right? Even making your first 50000 for those of you who haven't made it, that would be pretty amazing. So even if we fail at that dream, it is still 
when I say fail, it's like, okay, so you don't make the 5 million. But if you made 500,000, you made a million. If you made 100,000, what's like failing would still be so much further and would prove to ourselves that we could do it. And then the last part is I want you to celebrate every milestone and every win, no matter how small. So we do this in with our masterminders, and then we do this in our multi-stream machine next level, which these are the two ways you can work closest with us and that we kind of, uh, we know your business is better. We answer questions, especially in our mastermind. Um, we always start with a win. And I start it with, even if you're just standing here today and you're still breathing, that's a win. Because sometimes we, we just, our brains go to the negative more than the positive. And we're going to be like, oh, I messed up here. I did that. That didn't happen. All the negatives. But just try and pull out one tiny win, one tiny milestone, no matter how small it is. I'm still standing. I got my kids from school on time today. Picked them up or dropped them off or all of the above, right? I got dressed. Um, I made my first sale. I hit my first thousand followers. I got into my hundredth retail shop. I made my first $200,000. I hired my first employee. I hired my 10th employee. Whatever the win is, no matter how big or how small, celebrate it. Write it down. Share it with somebody. And when you're in community and when you have a mentor, you've got people to share it with that you're not going to feel that judgment of, right? So I'd love to hear from you. If you want to send me a DM over at the product boss on Instagram, make sure you're following us over there. Tell me about a time that you dimmed your light, right? Is there a time that you did it? Did you overcome this? Or just let me know if this, if this episode resonated with you at all. And I hope it did. And I hope that you believe in yourself and I believe in you and I want you to believe in you too. All right, my friends, until the next episode. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the product boss podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.